the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor, and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, coming at you on AM860, The Answer. And you can reach me anywhere in the world live, Sundays, 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you just go to the website of the station or to my website, drbillradiomd.com, and click Listen Live. Oh, boy. And you got me, huh? And you can also hear me on 860 AM, The Answer. And I'll give a shout-out to my friends at uh, Distant Optical, who have been so kind to me, and Dr. Mark and Linda and Gary and all the gang. Appreciate the good work they've done for me. I was telling Bill just before the show, Friday was my health care day. Went to my ENT doctor and got my ears checked and went to my eye doctor and got my new prescriptions. So I'm in good shape. I can see in here. What? Where are you? Well, at any rate... I'm getting there slowly. So we got a lot of news today, and uh, my friend Chet, who is one of the doctors at the hospital and a good bud, he asked me about this hepatitis A scare that's going around the area. Not only do we have the measles scare, but we've also got the hepatitis A scare. Now, this is a a virus that attacks the liver primarily, and it is uh, contagious. It's spread oral fecal, which means that it's on the hands of people who don't wash their hands after they use the bathroom, and our carriers are actively have hepatitis A, and then they handle food that is not cooked, and uh, this is then transferred to people who eat the food. So things like salad bars uh, can become a, a danger spot. But primarily, it's spread from worker to worker because they touch and and uh, then put their hands in their mouth and that sort of thing. So the important thing here is to avoid uncooked food. If you're going to a restaurant, don't go to the salad bar. And uh, if you see an employee in the restroom who's not washing his hands, bring it to his attention or bring it to the attention of the the, uh, restaurant manager and make them wash their hands. There's also a vaccine for this, uh, Havrax, and it is... A two-dose injection, I think you can get it at Publix or some of the drugstores have this. It costs you a couple hundred bucks if you're an adult, maybe $250. Uh, It's two shots, uh, several weeks apart, and it imparts immunity. In the old days, we we had a passive immunity uh, injection, which was a hepatitis A uh, 
antibody that was uh, collected from people who were recovering from hepatitis A. This is a self-limited disease almost almost always and uh, has a very low mortality rate, but it does have morbidity, fever, chills, aches, uh, inflamed liver, yellow urine, uh, bilirubin goes up, so you get jaundice, which is the yellow color. Uh, so the, I think the, the, the take-home here is to just avoid the potential for contracting this by not eating uncooked foods in restaurants, uh, also seafood, shellfish, because it can get into the estuaries. And if the shellfish is harvested from our local estuaries, then it may have the virus in it. Uh, your risk is pretty low, but nevertheless, if you're concerned or if you're headed to an area where there is hepatitis A endemic, that is that it's a, a big chronic problem, then you probably want to get the vaccine. I'm sure in certain sub-Saharan parts of Africa and uh, uh, Southeast Asia that this is a problem. And if you're going to travel, go ahead and get the vaccination, spend the 200, 250 bucks, get the two shots and you're done with it. There's also a shot for children, which is recommended uh, between the, I believe the 12 and 18 at 12 to 24 months, somewhere in there. And that's also a two-shot uh, deal. So, Chet, if you're listening, there you go. Now, having said that, I want to move on to another crisis, another healthcare crisis, if you will. Uh, this involves the North Koreans. Uh, they've had a, a, a terrible uh, harvest this year, and so the already starving nation is being pressed even more because the, uh, the calories are being cut down by the government. They're down to uh, 300 grams of food a day, which is, if it's all starch, it's going to be about 1,400, 1,500 calories. And I'm sure that there's not much meat around. If there is, it's going to the, uh, to the Communist Party members and not to the people that are doing the, the slave work. So 1,500 calories is not a lot for uh, an active 35, 40 year old guy who is doing manual labor. He's not going to last long at that. And of course, pregnant women need more and growing children, especially in the first few years of life, they consume a lot of calories. And then as we all know, it drops off when they hit uh, four or five, six years of age. So the North Koreans had a bad harvest this year and the UN reports that they've got uh, significant problems, and of course our embargo is also pressing them and cutting down on their income as well as on the influx of uh, food and supplies from outside, and the effect is that there's a very disgruntled population, obviously. How do they rise up and defeat uh, the communist-run country and the military, which obviously gets perks that the rest of the country does not. Well, it's tough when you don't have guns, so that's argument number 54 for maintaining our Second Amendment. It's hard to argue at the point of a gun barrel if you don't have one in your hand, too. So uh, I feel sorry for the North Koreans. However, somebody's going to have to make that sacrifice and step up and challenge the, the uh, ruling Communist Party and, and bring that government down. And I agree with President Trump, as tough as it is on the North Korean people, 
uh, how else do you bring about change? How else do you get a, a government to uh, fundamentally alter itself in order to take care of its people? We'll see if that happens. Venezuela is going through a somewhat similar process, and we are also intimately involved in that, and we have embargoed over the past couple of years uh, several things, but they were already having trouble. Here's the bottom line. We want the Russians and the Cubans out, and I agree with Trump 100%. Let's get these Cuban communists and boot their butts right out. I am so sick of this. And I can't believe Obama uh, was cuddling up to them and uh, the liberal Democrats calling the Venezuela-Maduro regime a legitimate and okay regime. Give me a break. They're just a bunch of thugs, a bunch of drug dealers who seize power, and uh, they don't care about anybody or anything but their own self-preservation. Those are not leaders. Those are, those are gangsters. I mean, you know, come on. That's, that's not the way to do business. Well, I've taken an interest in the uh, follow-up on the Mueller investigation where Attorney General Barr was called before the Senate Judiciary Committee and testified for several hours, and boy, was he, uh, was he outstanding, to say the least. I mean, his, his cool, his aplomb, his uh, lack of... Uh, of emotion. He didn't get upset. He was unruffled through all the insults and all the accusations and all the threats. And now the House wants him to come and bring the whole unredacted Mueller report. Well, 95% of it, to my surprise, actually, because I, I predicted that most of it would be redacted. Uh, the, uh, the report is essentially an unredacted report as it is. And uh, Nadler, who is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, the congressman from New York, the Jewish side of the family, he is calling for uh, contempt of Congress if Mueller doesn't, if, uh, I'm sorry, Attorney General Barr doesn't show up this week and testify and bring the whole unredacted report. Of course, Nadler has the option as the chairman of that committee to go to the Justice Department and read the whole unredacted report but he refuses to do that. In addition, Mueller was offered the opportunity to read Attorney General Barr's letter, his interpretive letter of the Mueller report, and he declined to do it. So I'm not sure why these guys don't want to read it, uh, other than they're just making a a stand on some uh, political ground. And I think Nadler's big complaint is that if he sees it, the whole country should see it. I mean, you can go and read the report, and it's 95% unredacted, so you can fill in the lines. I mean, you know, there's some special uh, areas like uh, the uh, grand jury testimony that are not going to be revealed, and that's the way it goes. So who is this guy, Barr? You know, he's uh, a very respected uh, attorney. He's been in the business a long time. He's from New York City, and like me, his father was Jewish, his mother was Catholic, his father converted to Catholicism, and from what I can see, he was raised Catholic, so he's got the best of both genes in him. And he uh, went to Columbia, and then he went to law school at George Washington University, 
He's uh, an erudite, educated man who's been in government most of his life. He was with the CIA initially, and then he moved over to Justice Department under George Bush one, He was the assistant attorney general, then the attorney general, and he uh, also was a defender of presidential powers and wrote advisory opinions justifying our invasion of Panama and the arrest of Manuel Noriega. And the controversial opinion that the FBI had the right to enter foreign soil without consent of the host government to uh, arrest fugitives who were committing crimes against the United States, which Noriega was. So, of course, that has got the left wing all ruffled. They don't think we should be stepping into other countries and seizing people. I think that uh, we need to maintain order throughout the world, and I think that we have a right to defend ourselves from people like Noriega and Assange over there in Great Britain who thinks he's some kind of a folk hero for uh, releasing all kinds of classified information which jeopardized the lives of our secret agents and CIA agents and operatives. And so I, I, I'm, I agree with, with Bill Barr. I think he's a good guy. So he was attorney general from 91 to 93 under Bush 1, and uh, he has been in the uh, thick of it for a number of years. After leaving the Department of Justice, Barr was appointed by Virginia Governor George Allen to co-chair a commission to reform the criminal justice system and abolish parole in the state. And he also became the executive vice president and general counsel of GTE, where he served for 14 years. Uh, he's been on the board of William and Mary College, and he's been in private practice for a little bit. He has got pulled back into the thick of it, uh, being appointed attorney general under President Trump after Jeff Sessions was fired and uh, the acting attorney general is retiring as well. So we need a new attorney general, and we got one. And uh, he succeeded Jeff Sessions. And Sessions, as you will recall, did not disclose to President Trump that he had a conflict of interest in the Mueller investigation and therefore was not in the position to appoint the special counsel, Mueller uh, the special counsel, whether it's Mueller or Cox or whoever, is appointed by, under the current regulations, by the attorney general or his, uh, his appointee. So that if the attorney general recuses himself, the assistant attorney general then steps up and appoints the uh, special counsel. And in this case, it was Rob Rosenstein who did that. So Sessions uh, is gone and... Barr is in. He's a conservative guy. He's uh, a, a good guy. He's done a lot of good work for the country. Uh, he's helped bring down criminals, not only locally, but abroad. And we like this guy and we want him to stay where he is. Of course, the Democrats are yelling for his resignation. And uh, as I said earlier, Nadler, the House chairman of the Judiciary Committee, is threatening to hold him in contempt uh, and subpoena him if he doesn't show up, hold him in contempt of Congress. Well, here's the problem. Congress doesn't really have a 
a police force. They've got a little force that just wanders around the Capitol and protects things. But when they need some heavy hitters, they call on the executive branch, which is the Department of Justice. And so they're going to ask Bill Barr to enforce an order against himself. I don't think that's going to work out very well. And uh, the impeachment proceedings would have to go through the Senate if they wanted to impeach Bill Barr, since the Senate is who confirms the uh, cabinet-level positions and some of the sub-cabinet-level positions, as well as federal judges and Supreme Court judges. And so I think that uh, it's, it's more of the Democrats yelling and screaming and carrying on like a bunch of maniacs rather than any meaningful or substantive uh, uh, application of the law in order to get what they want. I'm not sure what it is they want. I think what they want is to bring down this president, and they can't do it. And so now that they can't get him, they're going to go after his attorney general. Well, the attorney general has it within his power not only to appoint the special counsel, but also to decide whether or not the special counsel's findings rise to the level of a crime. And both Mueller and Barr have said that it does not, that the investigation into the uh, Russian collusion did not rise to the level of a crime, nor is there uh, an obstruction of justice uh, aspect of it that rises to the level of a crime. Although Mueller, who stepped outside his bounds as a prosecuting attorney and left the door open a little bit for the Democrats by saying that uh, he could not say there wasn't uh, obstruction, but it just didn't rise to the level of a crime. What the heck does that mean? I mean, if the president says, I want so-and-so fired, you know what? He can't do that anyway. He doesn't have the legal authority. The legal authority to fire a special prosecutor rests with the attorney general, or if he's recused himself, the assistant attorney general. So the whole the whole argument is just silly and uh, irrelevant, and the Democrats know this. I mean, they're lawyers. They, they've studied this. They know constitutional law. We did have, uh, from 1978 to 1999, uh, a law which expired in 99, which set up a special prosecutor, special counsel, whatever you want to call them, to investigate things like Watergate and the obstruction of justice there and the Iran-Contra affair and, of course, Trump's uh, now ended uh, trial by fire with the Democrats accusing him of colluding with the Russians in the uh, 2016 election. Give me a break. As I have said before on this show, going back a couple of years or more, this is going to come around and bite the Democrats in the butt. And here it comes, guys. You're going to get it. And, of course, the, the more threatening it becomes and the closer it gets to them, the more stringent or strident, I should say, and the more his, hysterical they are becoming. Uh, and uh, as one law professor told his students, if you don't have a good case uh, and you can't win on the merits of the case, then attack the lawyers on the other side and try to paint them as being 
uh, corrupt or incompetent or biased or whatever. And so that's what the, the House is doing. They're going after Barr because they can't get the president. And he's the attorney for the country. He's the attorney general. And so they're attacking him in the court of public opinion to see if they can whip up some sentiment for their side. It ain't going to work, obviously. It ain't going to work at all. And the Mueller investigation is over. And Congress has gone through a number of histrionics over one thing with Trump after another, and they've all kind of died away. The president is the Teflon Don of the 21st century. Uh, nothing seems to be sticking to him, although they're trying very hard. They're even using super glue, and that's not working. I think the only thing that really works is whatever he's putting on his hair. Boy, that really makes that stand up. Have you noticed that, Bill? <clears throat> it's a miracle. It's just it's my, I want that gel, even though I don't have enough hair to stand up. <clears throat> but at any rate, the president is, in my opinion, a good guy a tough guy. He is not one to, to take uh, abuse, and he will fight back, and that's good. And you have to be willing to fight back in order to preserve your uh, independence and your integrity and your standing. And, of course, we see countries around the world which don't do this, like the North Koreans and uh, the Venezuelans uh, seem to be trying, but I don't know how organized they are. I think that we are probably backing the opposition, and I'm not sure how well that's working. There are reports from reporters who have been in the country who say that the uh, the number of people that are actually supporting the opposition are minimal and that the military is still with Maduro. But nevertheless, at some point you have to stand up uh, and say, no more, you know, we're not taking this. And I, I admire this president for that. And he's right. There is a deep state and he's right. This was a witch hunt and he's right. It's all made up. And it came right out of Hillary Clinton and the uh, democratic national committees, uh, uh, funding and idea box. And people are going to go to jail over this. You watch, I've said this for over two years, it's going to come back and get them. And you're going to see people go to jail. So the special counsel has submitted his report. Barr has given his opinion on it. The special counsel, Mueller, has not uh, uh, said anything contrary. And the uh, special counsel has given the opportunity for Mueller to review the letter and to comment on it. And the sentence frag fragment described only one possible motive for Trump to obstruct justice, while the Mueller report listed other possible motives. Uh, uh, and so there are some omissions of words in a full sentence that twice suggested there was uh, some kind of behavior between Trump campaign and Russia that, that stopped short of coordination. Uh, but nothing has ever been proven. And the the people who were supposedly at the forefront of this, like Papadopoulos, says now that the whole thing was a hoax, that he was set up, that he never said the things that they said he said, 
and that the uh, people that tried to get him to become involved were scumbags. Uh, the woman who tried to seduce him and, and get him to talk about it, uh, apparently she disguised herself as a reporter and then started pumping him for information and flirting with him that uh, she uh, is an FBI operative, according to some of the sources that we're seeing now. So this is really a deep state problem. It's uh, a travesty that our justice system has sunk this low. We saw this similar uh, kind of behavior in the FBI in the early 1920s with the Teapot Dome scandal, scandal uh, under President Coolidge, and he... Uh, ended his term in disgrace, and uh, the FBI was shaken up by the uh, next two administrations, Coolidge, Coolidge and Herbert Hoover, who canned a bunch of the upper officials, much as the president is cleaning house there now, and it made for a stronger FBI. And, of course, it became a, a true crime-fighting organization at a national level. And I think we'll see something good come out of this, but it might take uh, another administration or two to finally sort it all out, just like it did in the 1920s. So I'm confident that we'll come out of this, and I'm extremely grateful that we have a president who is willing to stand up and say, you know what, this is bull, this is nonsense, and you guys are a bunch of liars, and you're a bunch of crooks, and he was right. He said Hillary was a crook. He called her a crook to her face on the stage, and she is. She's a crook. I mean, we all know she's a crook. Uh, she's been able to skittle away by uh, having people hushed, killed, um, buying them off, God knows what else. And uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable that people at, at, the, at the highest level of our government can behave this way and get away with it. But I don't think they're going to get away with it this time. Now, whether Hillary ends up in jail or not, I don't know. I don't think so. But certainly a lot of our underlings are going to be in deep doo-doo, so to speak. And I'll be glad to see that. I'll be glad to see them uh, brought to task for what they have done, not only to the, uh, the, the Trump administration, but also to all of us as a country. It's time to get these people uh, out in the fore, in the public eye, and held responsible for what they've done. And I say, go, A.G. Barr, go, Attorney General Barr, you go get them. And he said he's going to do that, and I think that's got the Democrats even more scared and upset because in his uh, testimony before the Senate, he he let it out that they were investigating leaks in the department. And, of course, that's where you start. You look for the leaks. And once you get the leaks and you get the people that leaked the information, then you start tracing it back to where they got that false information, how it was disseminated, who set up who, and, uh, you know, it'll, it'll roll. It'll roll. I love it. So I think that... Barr is the right man. Uh, he does support the death penalty, arguing that it reduces crime. Uh, he has pushed for uh, conservative issues on social issues. He believes the framers of the Constitution did not originally intend to create a right to abortion and that Roe versus Wade was wrongly decided and that abortion should be a legitimate issue for state legislators, which it's going back to now. 
Uh, some states are moving to outlaw late-term abortions and other states to completely ban abortions on demand, and that's okay with me. Uh, he has written uh, for the Catholic Lawyer magazine, and he predicates his beliefs in, in no abortion on the Judeo-Christian system. Uh, I think that these are good morals and values, uh, even though I'm not a big believer in a, in a divine entity per se. I think that there are morals and values in the universe, and I think that we need to respect that and respect life. And one of my friends said to me, well, how can you be pro-life and pro-death penalty? And I said, well, look, these guys that are on death row, they've had the test of life, and they flunked. They failed it. Now, I really don't care whether you prosecute, I mean, execute them or not, as long as you can keep them locked up for the rest of their life. Of course, that's more expensive, $2 million to execute somebody versus $6 million to keep them in prison for the rest of their life, assuming they start off in their early 20s. And so there is a, a financial argument there. Uh, there's also the argument that Bill Barr puts forward that it is a deterrent. And I think that for Many of us who were bad boys in our youth, uh, but were not complete sociopaths and not completely devoid of emotion, we were held in check by the belief that if we got caught, we'd be held responsible and go to jail. And if we killed somebody, we'd, uh, we'd be on death row. So there probably is for a lot of us uh, a disincentive to be bad because of the criminal justice system. I've said before that I don't think Jesus would have gone along with this, but uh, there's really not that many true followers of Christ around. There's a lot of Christians following St. Paul, and that's okay. It keeps them in line. That's good. That's fine with me. So I think that we have to respect this new attorney general in a way that we have not uh, respected an attorney general in a long time, and this goes all the way back to when Barr was attorney general under Bush 1. And uh, we've had several attorney generals since then, none as uh, uh, as presentable, in my opinion, and none as honorable, in my opinion, and none as uh, persistent in his beliefs and in his morals and values, in my opinion. And so I think that we need to uh, we need to stand behind this guy. And let's see what happens. I'm going to go grab a cup of Joe. Uh, you guys hang in there. I'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Authorities say the Boeing 737 that rolled off a runway at a military base in Florida yesterday and ended up in a river has no prior accidents. National Transportation Safety Board Vice Chairman Bruce Landsberg says investigators will examine the aircraft, the environment, and the human factor in trying to figure out why the plane rolled into the St. John's River after landing at Naval Air Station Jacksonville. No lives were lost. President Trump is criticizing a move by Facebook to ban several people it claims have extreme political positions. He says he's keeping a close eye on what social media companies are up to and says they're often not fair to conservatives. 
Maximum Security co-owner Gary West criticized race stewards' disqualification of his horse's Kentucky Derby victory yesterday as egregious. He says he may file an appeal. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384. 4611 Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments, so call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Okay, here's the deal. You missed your chance to lock in a mortgage with a low rate, right? Wrong. Whether you're looking to lower your monthly payment or thinking of getting cash out of your home, mortgage rates are still low and you still have time to get the loan you want before rates go back up. But the clock's ticking. and a cash call mortgage, there's no better time to take advantage than right now. Call us at 844-567-CASH. Speak with one of our refinance specialists today and you may be able to lock in a low rate before it's gone. We can close your loan for a flat $995 origination fee and pay your closing costs. We'll even get the process started without the upfront deposit other lenders still charge. That's 844-567-CASH. Refinance with Cash Call Mortgage today. Inbeck Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. And MLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. And details on closing costs paid for loans above $250,000. do not let these low rates pass you by. Dial 844-567-CASH. That's 844-567-CASH. Refinance with Cash Call Mortgage today. Travel Cats has put together an incredible Mediterranean adventure just for you. Explore the same streets in Greece and Turkey the Apostle Paul walked as he spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or sail the Mediterranean surrounding the Greek islands in Turkey. These are the most sought-after journeys in the eastern Mediterranean. Book with Travel Cats at 352-277-7300 or go to TravelCats.com. That's 352-277-7300 or book today at TravelCats.com. That's cats with a K. TravelCats.com. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Partly sunny today with a couple of showers and an afternoon thunderstorm. High 83 as we head into tonight. Overcast with a shower or thunderstorm in the area. Low 75. Partly sunny for Monday. High 86. Partly sunny for Tuesday. High 90. And then for Wednesday, partly sunny and beautiful. High 89. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Madison Baggett for AM860, The Answer. Push it to the limit. And I'm back with Scott Bill, your radio MD. We're on 860 AM, The Answer. And uh, this is talk radio. If you want to join in, you can give your opinion on what I've been talking about. I'm at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. Again, 877-969-8600. So give me a call if you have some opinions on this. By the way, I wanted to read to you the order uh, that uh, Rob Rosenstein signed as the acting attorney general on 
March 7th, on May 17th, uh, 2017. So it's been two years since this matter officially began, and it's by the virtue of the authority vested in, in me. That's Rob Rosenstein as acting attorney general, and he quotes the law in order to discharge my responsibility to provide supervision and management of the department and to ensure a full and thorough investigation of the Russian government's efforts to intervene in the 2016 presidential election. And here's the order. Robert Mueller III is appointed to serve as special counsel. The special counsel is authorized to conduct the investigation confirmed by then-FBI Director James B. Comey in testimony before the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence on March 20, 2017, and this will include any links or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the campaign of President Donald Trump and any matters that arose or may arise directly from the investigation and any other matters within the scope of the uh, code, the law. If the special counsel believes it is necessary and appropriate, the special counsel is authorized to prosecute federal crimes arising from the investigation. So that's how Mueller got the authority to uh, prosecute people like Manafort for uh, bank fraud and uh, uh, tax evasion. <clears throat> and so the sections of the code of the federal regulation are applicable to the special counsel. You say, well, what's the history of the special counsel? Where did this come from? Is this something new? No, it's not. It, the special counsel has been around since President Ulysses S. Grant. He was the first to call a special counsel to uh, investigate the <clears throat> problems that existed at the federal government level. And the purpose of the special counsel is to provide an independent uh, prosecutor who can look at and uh, evaluate whether or not a crime has been committed by somebody in the executive branch. That's the whole purpose of it. And this is uh, not new. It has not been used frequently, but it's not infrequent either. It's been used by uh, President uh, Ulysses Grant, President Garfield, uh, President Coolridge, uh, President Truman, the uh, President Nixon with the white, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, oh, what's the scam I'm thinking? Of? The, 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 help me out here, Bill. What did Nixon get him trouble for? Not the Whitewater. That's the Clintons. It's uh, oh, Watergate. Watergate. Yeah, Watergate. And uh, then the special counsel was was appointed to investigate uh, Whitewater, which led to Clinton's um, perjury testimony under oath, and uh, that led to his impeachment, uh, which was not upheld by the Senate. So he was indicted but not convicted. Uh, and uh, he did lose his law license over it. And so we've had a number of special counsels appointed under different names and different, uh, different aspects of the law. We had a law from 1978 to 1999, which I talked about earlier, which actually codified the special counsel, but now that's gone. So the special counsel has been a function of the Department of Justice, and they have their own internal rules and regulations that define how a special counsel will be appointed and what his duties and responsibilities will be and what the scope of his, uh, his investigation shall include. And the regulations indicate that the special counsel, quote, shall not be subject to the day-to-day -day supervision of any official 
as the rules uh, are authorized by the Attorney General, to request the special counsel provide any explanation for any investigation or prosecutorial steps. So they, they have a lot of power. And the, the object of this, the idea is that it would provide an independent and hopefully impartial, although we know that humans are not impartial, so that, I mean, that, that, that in and of itself becomes problematic, uh, investigative body that would keep tabs on the executive branch of the government, whether it's the president or uh, some functionary of the president, whether it's a member of the cabinet or a subordinate therein. So this is a this is a, a a problem area, and it hasn't really been tested by the Supreme Court to any significant degree. Uh, the The question arises: uh, What if the special counsel appears to be prejudiced? And a lot of people felt that Mueller was highly prejudiced and did not like Trump, and uh, is a Democrat and was out to get him and did everything he could. He didn't, but he wanted to. And uh, so how do you separate all this out? Well, it's not even clear whether this is, under the Constitution, a legitimate function of the Department of Justice to appoint a special counsel, uh, since the Constitution does not specifically call for that or allow that. And it's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a very gray area. However because of the political ramifications of, of something like this, the presidents are going to let it play out. Uh, they would become immediately pariahs with the public if they stepped in and tried to put an end to it or intervene. And there was a lot of yelling and screaming that Trump tried to fire uh, Mueller. And as I said earlier, he doesn't have that authority or power. So, I mean, it's, it was just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this kind of thing, and I'm not putting up with it anymore. But uh, that doesn't mean that he was really trying to fire him because he knows he can't. That's strictly and solely within the purview and domain of the uh, attorney general or his subordinate. So it's not even uh, a point for debate. Now, the special counsel has a lot of unfettered ability to to investigate in the scope of the special counsel's authority under the current Department of Justice regulations uh, has been subject of legal challenges in the past. And uh, Mueller's investigation, Paul Manafort challenged his, his uh, power to indict Manafort on federal and state crimes. And uh, I think that that's something that has to be taken into account. Uh, the federal court said no, Mueller does have that authority. Bill, did you have somebody on the line? Gus, hey Gus, come on bud. Are you there Gus? Gus, talk to me Gus. I guess we lost him. If you're listening, Gus, are you going to talk? I guess not. Tell him to call back. <laughs> Gus, if you uh, want to, you can call back. I don't know what happened. I hear somebody there. Must be on his cell phone, huh? At any rate, 
we have challenges to the special counsel from uh, Paul Manafort, or we had them back in 2017, and the court said, well, no, sorry, bud, but the special counsel does have that. Uh, and the appointment and selection process, the sole authority to determine the scope of the special counsel's inquiry rests with the attorney general. So the Democrats are yelling about the attorney general, but I mean, basically he's in charge of all this. It's his call and he can present what he wants to uh, the, the public and the Congress in his letter. And there's not really much they can do to force him to, to uh, act otherwise because he's in charge. That's his area. And so if the special counsel comes up with data that is incriminating and the attorney general does not present that for a good valid reason, then that's the end of it. Now, if he says that he's not going to present it because he's politically biased, then that's not a good reason. And then that can go back to Congress and there can be impeachment proceedings of the, uh, the attorney general. So it's, it's a, it's a gray area. Are you there, Bill? I'm hearing, I'm hearing, Gus, things, there? I'm hearing things in the background. Yeah, it's Gus. He's not talking. Why isn't Gus talking? I have no idea. He's just <laughs> on the phone listening. He's the he's the non-talking call-in. <laughs> Hello. There he Hello, is. Oh, Gus. Hello. There. Gus. Hello. Hello. Interesting. Okay, maybe we have some technical Hello? difficulties. It may not be Gus's problem. Yeah. Hang up. Sorry about the, that. That's okay. The Department of Justice Special Counsel regulations limits the special counsel's relatively broad authority uh, to conduct an inquiry by first subjecting his or her conduct to the rules of the department. And, of course, secondly, uh, there has to be some oversight by the attorney general. And so there may be some point at which the attorney general would step in. But, again, he has to... Be careful not to make it on political basis. It has to be on uh, legal and technical aspects of it. So the judiciary committees are involved uh, peripherally, and uh, the ultimate decision as to how much to release or not release rests with the attorney general. And so if the attorney general says, I'm not releasing 90 nine percent i'm only releasing 98 percent of the Mueller report well that's too bad for congress there's just not much they can do about it they don't have that legal authority they would have to pass a law and of course the house may pass something but the senate's not going to do it so uh, you know it's it's just a big waste of time that the democrats are tying up the judicial process the uh, legislative process with uh, judiciary questions and problems that they don't have any control or authority over. And the only thing that we can do is to sit back and let them make fools of themselves and know that this is going to help ensure that Trump is reelected in 2020. And I think that that's going to happen short of something uh, disastrous like the economy crashing. Removing a special counsel is not easy. Uh, there are regulations under which it can be done. 
the uh, attorney general can do it, or if there's misconduct, dereliction of duty, incapacity, conflict of interest, uh, that it can be, uh, he can be removed or she can be removed for misconduct. Uh, in writing provided to the special counsel specifying the reasons for removal and then removing a special counsel uh, pursuant to the regulations of the Department of Justice and they have their own rules and regs which were probably the basis for the the law that was passed by Congress in 1978 and expired in 1999. A lot of laws are written with expiration dates because we don't want them to stay on the books if they don't have a specific purpose. So these regulations have a lot of power. Uh, they have the power of law, even if they are not law, because presidents and people who are under scrutiny by the special counsels are reluctant to challenge this in the courts. And, of course, Congress, if they're... Uh, if their findings, if the special counsel's findings are going their way, they don't want to intervene. You know, let somebody else do the heavy lifting, then they don't have to pass any legislation. And, uh, of course, they're not happy now <laughs> because it didn't go their way, did it now? And so here we go. And they're pitching a fit and crying and whining and sucking their thumbs in the corner and being big babies. Now, there's proposed legislation to restrict the ability to remove a special counsel, and this came about because the Democrats thought that Trump was trying to remove the special counsel, but Rob Rosenstein was not going to do it anyway. And you can't tell your personal attorney to fire the special counsel because he doesn't have that authority. So this is all of just a big bunch of baloney. I mean, they know, the Democrats know the president doesn't have the power to fire the special counsel. He never did. The special counsel is not even appointed by him. He's appointed by the attorney general, and only the attorney general can bring this to a conclusion. And only the attorney general can fire the special counsel, and there has to be for cause. So I'm, I'm not sure... why the press is is carrying the banner other than that they just are so liberal and they want socialism and they want a one-party state like most of the European countries have, uh, which is socialist, and they, they want internationalism and open borders and pacifism and all the other things that will ensure the destruction of the planet. So what are you going to do? This seems to be the way that they roll, and I'm not sure that we're going to be able to uh, change their minds on this. I'm not sure that we have the uh, arguments that will appeal to them because it's not logic, it's emotion. It's emotion. And that kind of emotion, which is so deeply embedded, is uh, almost impossible to turn around. It's a... It's a, a a product of enculturation, and, and a lot of people just cannot escape their enculturation, either because it's so deeply rooted or because they just don't have the intellect to understand the arguments to escape. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that the, the current experiment in lowering taxes has proven to be a great boon to the economy, 
Now, how it's going to affect the, the, the Treasury and uh, the national debt, that's another thing. But I think we're still at around 20, what are we, 20 trillion now in the, in the debt. And as I've said before, we have to remember that the books are still balancing for the country, that the national debt is actually uh, a reflection of the sale of our commodity of our dollars, which are the strongest in the world. So people want to buy our dollars. They want to hold our dollars because it gives them security. You know, we can sell them grain, we can sell them cars, we can sell them widgets, we can sell them dollars. It's all the same. They're all commodities. And you say, well, what if they call in those markers? Well, you've got to remember now the Treasury bills, the uh, maturity dates are all staggered. And they're short-term, three months, six months. There's intermediate-term, two-year, five-year, long-term, 10, 20-year uh, Treasury notes and bonds that are sold. And so legally you could not just show up on the doorstep with a 20-year bond at, at five years and say, I want all my money back. That ain't going to happen. Now, you can sell your bonds and your treasury notes in the open market. So if the market tanks for, uh, the bond market tanks for treasury uh, bonds and notes, then you can sell it at a discount. If you paid 100 bucks and you sell it for 88 just to get out from under it, well, you can do that. And if somebody wants to buy it, they can buy it because it's a commodity and it's traded on the open market. And that's the beauty of our, our system is that we can and do have that freedom to trade not only our personal goods. I can put an ad in the paper and sell my car. But as a country, we also have the right to sell those goods that are made by us as a country, whether it's military hardware or money or whatever. We have that right and we believe that that is an integral part of our way of life, our, our independent and freedom-loving way of life, that along with personal freedom comes economic freedom. And economic freedom is just as important as personal freedom. So free enterprise and freedom of speech, freedom of press, uh, freedom of assembly, freedom of worship, these are all integral. They're not separable. And when you lose one, you lose another. So we want to hang on to that. We want to hang on to it. Getting close to the end of the show. Again, I want to point out that North Korea is struggling, that their rations for the average person has been cut to 1,500 calories a day or less, which is not much for uh, a working population. I want to point out that uh, this is in part Trump's uh, policies and I support them. I think that the best way to get to a country like North Korea or Venezuela is to cut off their flow of goods from outside and let's see if they can do it on their own and if they want to be part of the world community and behave and yes, they're on the terms that we decide, then that's what they got to do. They got to behave and then we'll help them. We'll bail them out. We'll take care of them. We'll help them rebuild. And I'm all for that. That makes me feel proud of my country and of our place 
in the world. How much time we got left there, Bill? Oh my God, 30 seconds. Listen, you guys, I am so happy that you let me into your homes this morning. Love you guys. And uh, I'll be back next week. We're going to have some more guests. And I am Dr. Bill, your radio MD, and I'm getting out of here. Have a good one, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.